7220sports.com kickoff show presented by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, located at 2410 Grand Avenue in Laramie and in the Frontier Mall on Del Range in Cheyenne. The 7220sports.com kickoff show is also sponsored by Wyo Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Warren's Repair and Towing, and Rocky Mountain Shirtworks. I am Cody Tucker, joined as always by Jared Newland. The Wyoming Cowboys are off this week, but there is plenty going on in the sports world, Jared. It's a great time of the year to be a fan, and it's a really perfect time for the Cowboys to be on a bye week. It definitely it's a good time for the Cowboys to be on that bye week with all the injuries and the you know, the bumps and the bruises and that I mean that's you're gonna have that seven seven weeks into the season, but at the same time there's a few more that might be a little bit more extensive injuries yeah um so we'll we'll see how that plays out next week but on the sports world side of it you and i get to sit around and watch college football from pretty much 10 a.m till midnight tomorrow yep. eric with a baseball game mixed in between of and course. i was just going to get to that <laughs> both of our teams are in the uh, playoffs oh uh, you know the phillies for you and the astros for me and how about Jordan alvarez yep pretty clutch man what, I, I wanted to ask you, what, what made you, people ask me this all the time, what made you an Astros fan? And were you an Astros fan through the terrible times? I've been an Astros fan ever since I first saw them on TV. J.R. Richard on the mound in those nasty-looking uniforms, which I actually kind of like now. They're beautiful. Um, but growing up on a ranch out in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming, we only had two channels. And it was the whatever network it was game of the week on a Saturday and J.R. Richard was on the mound. I was like, that's my guy. And that's my team guy was pretty good. Yeah. Jose Cruz. Yeah. It's amazing living in Houston. Uh, you see the Astrodome, which is still standing and it's right next to NRG or whatever they call the home of the Houston Texans. Now Reliant, maybe I don't uh, know. looks like a pimple, doesn't it? And yeah. It was like what the eighth wonder of the world back in the yeah. day. And I never did get to go to a game at the Astrodome, but I've seen, uh, geez, six World Series games at Minute Maid. That's awesome. Yep. Minute Maid, I will say, I, I'm i not into domes at all, and I'm not into retractable roof stadiums. When they keep them closed a lot, I don't like that visually on TV. But after moving to Houston, when I lived there, they were horrendous. I think the year I lived there, that's when they put them on Sports Illustrated and said this team will win the World Series within a year or two yep. or whatever. And I'm thinking, are you out of your mind? <laughs> there was nobody at this game. I want to say we paid 10 bucks. We had all the beer and hot dogs we could eat for like 10 bucks, which is insane. You'll you never see that. You can't even get one for $10 no, right now. No, Of either or. Nobody was there, but the, the stadium is awesome. And I think the Astros have gone back to the cool. Their uniforms are awesome. I'm a huge uniform guy when I don't care about that team. So to me, the Astros were like almost unwatchable when they were like the navy and gold, and I just hated those uniforms. Yeah, I didn't like that at all, and I didn't buy any merchandise during that period of time. That weird red maroon stuff they wore, too. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. Ugly stuff. Somebody gave me something one time, and I was just like, eh, thanks. (laughs) And they had some great players then, Daryl Kyle and Randy Johnson. Well, and the Killer Bees. Yeah. Yep, Bagwell, yeah. Biggio, yeah, no Berkman, doubt. Yep. Berkman, yeah. Yep. Boy, man, the Astros fed some dudes. But yeah, uh, good time. The Phillies haven't been in the playoffs in 11 years, so um, I'm ecstatic they're they're uh, finally in, and, and, and it's fitting they're playing the Atlanta Braves, who I absolutely loathe. And there's so many Braves fans out there because of TBS, and it makes me sick. Well, one thing you and I can both uh, agree on in baseball for sure Thank goodness the Mets are gone. Yes. Oh, I love it. Ding <laughs> and dong, hopefully, the witch is dead. You know, the Yankees, 
you know, might be gone before the Astros come to them, but hopefully the Astros can take care of business because yep. they've, they've kind of owned the Yankees in the last seven, eight years. Yeah, that's never a bad thing. But anyway, baseball going on. For me, I'm a huge hockey fan. I don't know how into hockey you get, but Buffalo Sabres opened last night, and that's my team. And we got wings and had a few brews and watched the Sabres beat up on the Senators 4-1, to so it was a good start. And you saw Josh Allen in his box yeah, at the yeah, game. Yep, fellow Wyoming guy loving a Sabres game. That's I didn't cool. see, though. Did he pound a beer? Uh, he, I don't know. They didn't show it on TV. Yeah, but I'm, he, I'm just wondering. I mean, on a Thursday, getting close to game day. Especially against I mean, the Chiefs. It was Monday or Tuesday, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they said that. I did read. Uh, I follow all the beat writers for the Sabres, and they all said that the loudest cheer of the night by far was when they showed Josh Allen on the Jumbotron. So he is absolutely beloved. Imagine he brings a Super Bowl to that, to that city, to that region, to that fan base. He'll have a statue in a heartbeat. He'll have a statue before he... Retired, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not bad. College basketball opened. Like you said, a lot of great uh, college football games. Unfortunately, the NBA started. But this is a great time of year where everything's going on. So it's a perfect bye week for us because we actually get to indulge and watch some sports for once because that's pretty rare for us. Uh, spend a lot of time with this Wyoming Cowboys football team. But like you mentioned, the injuries. Cole Goodbow has a has an injury that's going to keep him out for a while. Same with Keontae Glinton. A lot of, a lot of bumps and bruises along the way. Um, one thing I hope fans are thinking about here, Jared, now that we've seen this, this play out a little bit, the teams the Wyoming Cowboys have lost to are pretty darn good. They like are. 13-4 and four overall record good. Yeah, and nobody thought that Illinois was going to be as good as they are. But and even some of the players, I'm thinking, gosh, I wish we had that game back. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you do. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> I think Illinois is pretty dang good, and um, good, good for them. I mean, it's good when teams like that can can kind of rise to the occasion. Yep. And have some good good years in them, type of a deal. And you know, you look at some of the other teams too. Uh, Tulsa's kind of fallen off a little bit. They they're inconsistent. They're inconsistent, but they have the potential to be they really do. good. They they and we're, we'll leave UNC out of it, but. Air Force, we know what they are capable of yes. when they're clicking. There's something that's not right about what's going on at Air Force right now. That's and, a fact. And I don't really care about that, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm okay with it. And we all know BYU's pretty damn good, yeah. Um, especially when they're fully healthy. Yeah. And their you know, Hall's a little beat up right now, so with the Arkansas game looming, we'll see what happens there. But you saw how hard Notre Dame celebrated after beating BYU. Uh, yeah. That's not an accident. Yep. BYU's a damn good football team. I saw a bunch of stuff on Twitter about the um, BYU fans saying that they don't want to ever play Utah State again because they think that Utah State took cheap shots at Hall, and that's why he was banged up going into the game. Uh, BYU conspiracies. Those never get old. Do you think the rivers were full over there from all the crime? <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. Utah State gave them a battle, too. That was nice to see. Yep. And uh, we all know that San Jose State's the cream of the crop in the Mountain West right now. Yep. Um, and New Mexico, they get off to these fast starts and can't close. Yeah. You know, a little bit, you do feel sorry for a Rocky Long and a Danny Gonzalez because, as you said, Danny's one of your favorite guys in the league. Yeah. And we all know that Rocky, everybody likes Rocky. Absolutely. Don't like playing against his defense, but they like Rocky. Absolutely. I really hope it works for Danny Gonzalez. Um, It became abundantly clear. I watched the fourth quarter from the sidelines. They don't have a quarterback, and they haven't had a quarterback in a long, long time. Um, That out route that was picked off by Cam Stone looked like a 
Douglas yeah. High School game. I mean, it really did. It was it was a horrendous throw, a throw that a guy that guy clearly can't make, and, and you need to be able to make that if you're a college quarterback. So, their defense, I think, is salty. I, I like that they play with an attitude. You know, they're going to because who their coach is. Um, the offensive line was pretty good. I mean, they shoved it right down Wyoming's throat on those first two drives, and I got a lot of tweets saying, "Win is basketball season," and uh, well, here we go again. And we all love the rants and raves thing that you do on 7220sports.com, but it's hard for me to read some of those sometimes because the overreaction just from one drive, let alone then two drives, yeah. it's like, settle down, people. Yeah. Why even comment on it? You look like an ass yeah. in the end. Did you see the comment I made that, hey, by the way, this Lobos team blew a 17 nothing lead at UNLV last week, and they're like, you think this Wyoming team can score 17 points? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do, and they did. 27 unanswered for the Cowboys, Jared. They got off the mat. Defense really stepped up and played well. You could tell they were missing Cole Goodbow, Goodbow in the middle there on those first two drives because that's right where New Mexico went. But Gavin Meyer, what a game for Gavin Meyer. Three sacks for him, blocked a field goal attempt, just a huge outing for the young man. You look back at a lot of history in Wyoming, there's always a person on the other team that always has like a career day against Wyoming. <laughs> Whether it be football, basketball, whatever, there's a name that you're like, who is this guy? <laughs> well, Wyoming's doing it to other people now. I mean, yep. it's Meyer, Rook Brown. Yep, Rook Brown, absolutely. I mean, those guys played out of their you-know-what, Yeah, and they don't look like they're backups. No, on short notice as well. And they stepped right in and did what they had to do. Yep. And, and it's not like they were just filling gaps. They were making plays and big plays. Absolutely. You know, there was we've talked about this at nauseum. There's there was serious apathy coming into the season. Uh, people just almost didn't care. Uh, didn't know what to expect. Didn't want to hear expectations. Didn't just were. It was weird. It was a really weird start to the year. But the thing that excited me about this year is like I've talked about before. When I when I was at Reno during that COVID that opener during the COVID year, and I'm scrambling for my notes to find out who number 96 is. That's the beauty of it. Because that's Jordan Bertinoli, and he's one of your best players now. So you get to see these guys, and it, it gets old hearing coaches say, next guy up, next guy up. But it is kind of beautiful when next guy up turns in performances the way Rook Brown, 10 tackles. He is so tiny. When he came around the corner, John Hoyland, the kicker, is way bigger than Rook Brown. <laughs> and Rook broke up a third down pass, finished with 10 tackles. He was in on everything. Even the announcers were talking about Rook Brown all night long. Yeah. And I actually want to give props to, I can't remember their person's name, but the play-by-play guy. Yeah. I thought he did a really good job the yeah. other night. And you could tell he's he's young. And um, I don't know if it's his first year or whatever, but I thought he did a really good job. Nice. So, shout out to him. That's good to hear. You don't hear that very often. But it, it was just um, it was a weird game, of course. It always is down there. But Andrew Peasley, you know, completes 10 balls all night, two of those to Trayton Welch. Uh, really nice 49-yarder right down the seam that was absolutely perfectly placed. Uh, not a beautiful passing night again, I believe, 10 of 21. But, you know, Getting the tight ends involved. That's four games in a row now that a tight end has caught a touchdown pass. And for all of you out there who scream about the tight ends, and I do too, and I've asked Craig Bull about it till I'm blue in the face, it's not a ton of production and a ton of catches, which I think we both agree that that could have been a helpful tool for Sean Chambers and Levi Williams with the inaccuracy. What better than a guy who's 6'5", 6'6", running right in front of you 10 yards away 
uh, he's been trading Welch especially has been a huge outlet for Andrew Peasley this year and Parker Christensen as well. So they got the they got the scoring going. I believe a forty nine yard touchdown was the first one, twenty nine the second one, and then that Cowboys defense was just lights out once again. The Cowboys special teams, aside from allowing a huge kick return, which was abruptly stopped by Clayton Stewart, the punter who's all of six two two twenty. He's a big cat. So uh, aside from that, which they obviously Meyer blocks the field goal, um, so that was their one gap really other than that he had him pinned inside the 20 all night they took over field position the defense played lights out and when you start getting pressure on the quarterback the way they did seven sacks in that one that's when the interceptions start jacory hawkins got one cam stone gets a pick six yeah you could tell that the the lobos quarterback was a little frantic there especially probably pressing a little bit too much and so forth but um they got away from their game plan in a hurry they did i mean their third series, they're up fourteen nothing, and they start doing some different stuff. Now Wyoming start; they made their adjustments too, and hats off to Savell for that. But at the same time, I thought that New Mexico probably got away from their game plan a little too early and yep. panicked a little bit. I agree, and we talked about that before we came on the air. I felt like Nevada did that against Colorado State. Uh, they have two veteran; if they have any veterans on that team, it's at the running back spot, and they got away from those guys. And somehow, some way, found a way to lose to Colorado State University. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit, but was uh, was really happy with this Cowboys team result. The resolve on the road, um, you know, it's not like the fans had much to do with it. There was allegedly fourteen thousand in that place that night, which was not the case at all. Uh, but just, it's just a weird atmosphere, and it's hard to play Rocky Long, and it's hard to play in that building, and. You know, this is a young Cowboys team, and you can't take it for granted when you can go on the road and get a win. It doesn't matter where that happens. This same time last year, Wyoming has the exact same record, four and three, at with a very easy non-conference schedule. Yep. Yeah, and I had a uh, somebody on Facebook yesterday when when talking about the transfer portal, and we'll talk a little bit about that too. Here, uh, there's a story on seventy two twenty sports dot com about uh, how the former Wyoming Cowboys are doing. And one commenter said, oh, yeah, we got fleeced in the portal because, you know, we have inconsistent Andrew Peasley. Um, Andrew Peasley is 92 of 171 for 1,005 yards. He's completing nearly 54% of his passes. He has nine touchdowns compared to three interceptions and has been sacked seven times. Those numbers at this point are head over heels better than anything Levi Williams or Sean Chambers or Tyler Vanderwall has done since Josh Allen was in Laramie. Well, you look at last year during this three-game stretch in October, scored 14 at Air Force, shut out at home against Fresno, and scored only three points against lowly New Mexico in Laramie. Yeah. So that's 17 points in three games. Yeah. I think this offense is firing on many more cylinders yeah. <laughs> at the same time than the Pokes were last year. No doubt. And I asked Craig Bull this week, does it excite you that we haven't seen Titus Swin be Titus Swin yet. We haven't seen what Josh Cobbs can really do. We haven't seen what Andrew Peasley can really do. You got to keep in mind, and I know this sounds like excuses and it's coach speak to the hilt. Andrew Peasley played in a wide open offense at Utah State. He was never a consistent starter at Utah State. Now he's seven games into his career in Laramie. He is the entrenched start. He will be the starter going forward. Aside from an injury, he is going to be your starter. So he's getting his first starts. He's basically learning a foreign language, learning this pro-style offense of Craig Bull, and uh, learning new teammates, new place, new everything. I think Andrew Peasley, as he's had his moments of inconsistent, there's no, uh, inconsistency. There's no denying that. But 
he's a steadying present beca- presence because of his the aura around him, the way he is, the way his teammates respond to him. His teammates absolutely love him, and we've heard we heard that about Sean Chambers, and I believe it. I, I know the guys like Sean. Sean's a likable guy, and he's doing a hell of a job at Montana State this year. Oh, by the way, which we'll get to, mm-hmm. but. They believe in Andrew Peasley. There's something different this year. And I ask at the end of every interview I do, Jared, I ask these guys, I keep hearing how tight you guys are, but I've been fooled before. Are you guys really that tight of a unit? Every single one of them, without a doubt, without skipping a beat, yes. Tightest team I've ever played on. And a lot of them point to the guy under center who's the reason for that. Yeah, and we all knew going into the offseason that just from what you heard – uh, around the locker room and so forth and being over there for spring ball that they just fell in love with him. Yeah. They really liked him from the get-go and he's and he was voted team captain. I mean, there's a reason for that. And it's not just cuz you're the quarterback. No. It's because the guys like you. Yeah. Um there's been plenty of quarterbacks in Wyoming history that haven't even sniffed a captain spot. Yeah, yeah no doubt. <laughs> and um so that that's key. I mean, it's just keeping the guys together. Who knows what they're doing this this off weekend. Um, you know, hopefully staying out of trouble for one. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think they are uh, – they're such a close-knit group. They're pr- a bunch of them are probably doing something as a, as a team and aside from what football activities they do have to do. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, for those of you who didn't read my column after the game in Albuquerque, uh, it was – don't make no mistake about it, this was a must-win, and it absolutely was. And Craig Bull actually brought it out without prompting at his uh, Monday press conference when he said – you know, Cody, I believe you asked me after the game if that was a must-win, and we all felt it was a must-win, and Craig can lie through his teeth all he wants that he doesn't think it was a must-win. But one thing he mentioned was, I don't know if this team knows any better. They just, I think they just literally, as much as we all hate to hear it, the media, the fans, we all hate to hear one game at a time, one week at a time. We get so tired of hearing that, but I think it's pretty damn true. I really do, because you think... Think about the the punch they took to the jaw at Champagne in the opener. The sky was absolutely falling in Wyoming. Not in that locker room. Yeah, and then being down two touchdowns to Tulsa, Tulsa. at home and the home opener and just grinding it out and making that comeback. And yeah, you're right. And then, you know, they go on a little three-game run and then they come come back and get punched in the face twice in a row by BYU and San Jose State and then they go on the road and went and down 14. Yeah. And turn it around. Yep, absolutely. Well, we have a few minutes here left in this first segment, which we had this grand plan of what we were going to do in the first segment, which we'll have to move to the second. But uh, I forgot they played New Mexico last week. That was just, it seems like it was a hundred years ago, even though that was a lot of driving. That was a lot longer of a drive than I remember it being. It's eight hours, all right, from uh, Cheyenne. Oh, every bit of eight hours. Yep. Yeah, thank God we had some baseball to watch. We had some football to watch on the phone on the way down there. That really helped. Don't tell your insurance person. <laughs> yeah. Here I am cussing that spinning wheel of death on the way down there, but here I am also watching a football game while driving through the middle of nowhere. <laughs> well, you know, since we got this little a few minutes left in this segment, we'll go over the Mountain West scoreboard yeah. real quick for this weekend's games as Wyoming is on a bye. Utah State at Colorado State. The Aggies favored by 11. Uh, New Mexico at New Mexico State. New Mexico is favored by a touchdown. I did hear that game is going to be broadcast in Navajo. I read a story in the Albuquerque Journal about that. As I was looking, by the way, um, New Mexico's offensive coordinator, 
got canned yeah. after the Wyoming game. And maybe that has something to do with uh, getting away from the game plan, like you mentioned, because it looked like it they had a pretty good game plan, and then it just went in the toilet. It did, yep. Uh, Air Force at UNLV. Very intriguing game, to be honest with you. They're both 4-2. and two. Uh, Sputtering. Air Force has two Mountain West losses, so if they lose a third one, they're definitely out of it. But Air Force is favored by 10 on the road. Yeah. And I'm guessing the crowd might be pretty good for that game. It's a night game. There is an Air Force base, Ellis Air Force in, base uh, right in Vegas. So yeah. um, I think they might have a decent crowd in the Dome that, for that game. Uh, San Jose State at Fresno State. Which could uh, have been the game of the year. And the Spartans are favored by 8.5. And, um, and Fresno State still without starting quarterback, so Jake we'll see Cater, what happens yep. there. Uh, and then uh, Nevada is at Hawaii in the nightcap. Um, Two of the youngest teams in America right there. And the third one has the weekend off. The Pokes. <laughs> it's a good time for a week off. It really is. You know, and, and just to kind of piggyback off that, last week's scoreboard, uh, you know, we thought UNLV, some thought UNLV and San Jose State would be a big one for the West title, both those guys right up at the top of the standings. I thought after what San Jose State did in Laramie, they were going to absolutely punish the Rebels, and that's exactly what they did. 40-7, to uh, Chavin Cordero, 230 passing yards. He also rushed for 109 yards. Uh, Dominic Mazzotti, 100 receiving yards as well for the Spartans. They are a really good football team. Uh, they are going to be in the Mountain West title game. And I, I asked a few of the players and coaches this week, like, do you see a rematch in the future with San Jose State? So I kind of get that feeling a little bit. Maybe I'm nuts, but I kind of get that feeling a little bit. So they kind of, one of them, which I won't say his name, admitted that, yeah, uh, I, I already have my bags packed and already have my plans to be in San Jose in early December <laughs> uh, playing in that horrendous I'm stadium, that unfortunately. that was a offensive lineman. It was an offensive line. It was an offensive coach. We'll put it there. Okay. <laughs> uh, Air Force, that was really the stunner, right? Air Force goes into Logan, Utah. They end up losing 34-27 back and forth game. There's just something about Utah State that does not mesh well with the Air Force Falcons because that's two years in a row that the Aggies have outlasted them in a shootout and uh, really unbelievable loss there for the Falcons. I never saw that one coming. When you do look ahead next weekend, homecoming in Laramie, so um, and it is a late start. We all know that. Let's quit griping about it. It Please. is what it is. There's nothing anybody can do about it. It's more time to drink and but show fun. up. Yeah. Um, and uh, or put up and shut up. You know, <laughs> yeah. show up. Yep. And uh, but. Utah State is going to have an axe to grind with the Cowboys for what happened last year in Logan, even though they ended up winning it all yep. type of a deal. But um, and the I'm sure they're going to be a little – Yep. But Wyoming, the pet player swaps and all that stuff, so I think Wyoming is going to be fired up and ready to go for that one as well. I know number six is because when I first interviewed Andrew Peasley, I said, well, you play the Aggies on the 21st of October. You have that circled, and he goes, it's the 22nd because <laughs> ESPN had it wrong because the TV schedule wasn't out yet. In my defense. Uh, Boise State, they're rolling along here. They're 3-0 all of a sudden. They are uh, a new-looking team with Dirk Cutter uh, calling the shots on offense. They wasted Fresno State 40-20. to Easy game. It was tight for a while, then just all of a sudden it was just score. It's like the old Boise of old, just score, score, score. Yeah, very weird. Very weird. They are, uh, they are off the mat, folks. Uh, and then Hawaii at San Diego State. What is going on? in san diego they they beat the hawaii rainbow warriors 16 to 14 but there's no way in the world that should have been that close no and i and burmeister didn't even play and they announced them as a starter ugly, ugly stuff from the mountain ugly weird stuff from the mountain west this year on the other side of the break we will get into grading some position groups talk a little hoops with
We'll see you on the other side. SeventyTwoTwentySports.com kickoff show presented by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Stop in or order online at Dickie's.com for your tailgating food today. Tony what a, Tucker is always joined by Jared Newland. What a perfect weekend to sit back, order some Dickies, get some brisket, some smoked wings, mm. or order a Papa Murphy's pizza. Go yeah. pick it up. There you go. And Cheyenne and Laramie, I believe, fifty percent off. Even though the pokes don't play, it's still game day yep just put in 7220 sports 50% that's huge 50% off of a $12 pizza I'm no mathematician yeah and some of them are a little bucks. more expensive than that but um and then on Tuesdays it's 1099 Tuesdays every single Tuesday yeah good deal what better than pizza wings barbecue to kick back and watch playoff baseball hockey football you forgot one thing beer <laughs> I have been good this year I am um I've been good. I'll just put it at that. And it's... for people who haven't seen Cody in the last <laughs> two months, he shed a few LBs. Yeah, and it's not on purpose. No, it's, uh, but it's stress. It's, it's good, though. <laughs> yeah, it's pure. I like to call this diet stress. It's nice. Uh, let's get into some grades here. We figure this is the first bye week. There is a bye week here in a couple of weeks after the Hawaii game, but, you know, and we're seven games in, so we're more than halfway, which is insane. We're, we're already more than halfway done with the season here, but. Uh, Good time for maybe some midterm midterm grades here, which I was never very good at, of course. Uh, but uh, let's see where the Wyoming Cowboys are. And, of course, let's start with the most important position on the field, Jared. That is Andrew Peasley in the quarterback spot. Jaden Clemens has thrown a couple of passes, two for two for 25 yards. little uh, spot duty after Andrew Peasley got hurt against San Jose State. Uh, but Peasley has the reins of this offense. How do you think he's done so far, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, or F? Stats aside, I think he's probably a B plus just because his you know his completion rate percentage isn't great. Well, we've had a lot of quarterbacks at Wyoming that <laughs> the percentage hasn't been great, and one of them's the best player in the NFL right now. Yeah, um, another one's probably the arguably the best player in the FCS right now. Exactly. Uh, he's leading the team. They've won four games. We've talked about how hard the schedule's been, and some of those uh, incompletions are on purpose. Smart he has to throw the ball away to avoid turnovers. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't look at just the 53.8% completion record or percentage. You have to look at um, what he's doing, how many touchdowns he scored, how many wins they've they have, and they spread the ball around too a lot better than you know the pokes have seen in the past too. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of different guys, and a couple of them are banged up, but they've there are a lot of different people are catching passes. And I even texted the other night during the game. I said, "Did I ever tell you how much I love the wheel route?" Yeah. That wheel nice. route to Swen, yeah, oh, it was beautiful. I was on the, I was walking down to the field at that time, so I was perfectly in the stands where I saw, I saw him slip right past the blitzer and go right over the top. Beautiful call. That and the seam, the seam passes to uh, tight ends. Well, Those are yeah. two of my favorite pass plays in all of football. And weird how they work. <clears throat> Very weird. But you know, and like I mentioned earlier. Um, Peasley's numbers are already better across the board at this time than they were for Williams or Chambers. And, oh, by the way, he doesn't have Isaiah Nair to throw the ball to. Uh, that guy cured a lot of ills with, what, 44 catches, 850-some yards, and 12 touchdowns. And I know every time we bring up Nair, it's like, God, that should have been doubled. Should have, could have. And that would have been bigger numbers than Ryan Yarborough or Marcus Harris 
could have ever dreamed of. That's how good Isaiah Nair is, and it's bummed to see. I'm bummed to see him out this year. Yeah. I'm bummed to see him gone, but I'm really bummed to see him out this year as well. I gave my grade. What's yours? Uh, I would say. I would say right in that ballpark, maybe a B minus. I would like to see him run the ball more, and I know that's by design that the coaches aren't letting him run as much. He's not a bigger dude. He's only in the low 200s, 6'2". He's not a big bruiser like Sean Chambers. Plus, let's be real, Bowl learned from what happened to Sean Chambers, and he's not letting Peasley go out there and get killed, but, man, he's dynamic when he runs the football. So it's really hard to limit that for me. But other than that, everything you mentioned I love. Nine touchdown passes, three interceptions. His offensive line, which we'll get to in a minute, has only allowed seven sacks. Uh, once again, not a mathematician, but that's one per outing. <laughs> that's that's not too bad. Uh, I probably gave Peasley a little bit extra just for his leadership. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His moxie is I, – I love it. I love it. He, you can feel it every time you do an interview with the guy. He's just – he's very confident in who he is. Let's get to the running backs. Like we mentioned, we have not seen Titus Swin be Titus Swin yet. Uh, yet he has 505 yards on 115 attempts. That's an average of 4.4 yards per carry, four touchdowns, long of 26. We know what that guy's capable of. Dwayne McNeely has been great in the backup role. 48 carries for him, playing with essentially one hand. Uh, 216 yards for him. He has not found the end zone yet. DQ James hasn't really got his footing. A high ankle sprain really cost Joey Brash some some carries. Uh, but Titus Wynn, we knew he was going to lead this thing. We knew he was going to be arguably the most important Cowboy coming into this year. What is your grade for the running backs so far? Overall, as a group, I will, and we're going to throw Peasley in there because he has carried the ball 43 times. Um, I'm going to I'm going to give them a, right at a B. Yeah. Um, Swin and McNeely have been so close to breaking a long one. I yes. mean, uh, Swin's longest is 26, and McNeely's is 21. But they are they've had a couple ankle tackles. Really, it's happen at least once per game one of them is about to break it on his own play and i really feel like and i've said it probably for a couple weeks now but it's going to happen before the end of the season and we all know what titus can do he had a 90 i call it a 98 yarder last year but it was 99 really yeah no (laughs) doubt well and and looking here andrew peasley 61 is his long that's how dynamic he is he dusted the san jose state secondary uh, and that was on a bad wheel, basically. And every game he's had ice on his knees, and his hip was bugging him. He has a hip pointer. And you brought up Brash. I thought he's he's done a really good job. His long is 11. But he, he's he's done it, and you know, you're cold when you come into those games Yeah. Um, as a third guy coming in. You, you don't know when it's going to happen. Then he was injured. Then he comes back this last week, gave had a couple good runs. DQ, I think he's too quick to bounce it outside, in my opinion instead of seeing the hole or waiting for the hole to open, sometimes you have to be patient and then slip through. Yep. And I think he's just bouncing it outside. But that, that comes with uh, the territory of being young yep. and not getting a lot of the reps. I think, I think Tim Paul is like, by the way, I give them a C because I expect more of them. They expect more of them. They have not scratched the surface, in my opinion, of what they can do this year. But I, I feel like Tim Paul and company haven't really found a role for DQ James yet. But at Tulsa, if you remember – he had a couple of huge catches in that game. He's obviously – they're obviously confident throwing him the ball out of the backfield. Think about what you were talking about that play to swing last week, that wheel route. Think about that being in the hands of DQ James by himself going down the sideline. Yeah, most, he's gone. most likely he scores. Yeah, he's gone. So I feel like they need to really – and that's what they decided this week. They, they mentioned the four R's, which I don't have in front of me, but recruiting, relaxing, 
recalibrating things, and then some other thing that also meant recalibrating. Uh, but that's what they're engineering. Uh, yeah, no, no, you <laughs> stayed away from that word. Uh, but I'm hoping that's what they're talking about. And I know a big emphasis this week is the red zone. They've been in the red zone 19 times. They've scored 18 times. They're ranked 15th in the country as far as that category goes. But 10 of those are John Hoyland field goals, and you just. You can't have that. So that's a big thing that they're looking into. I think they've also got to be finding a new role for DQ James and a way to get him in open space and get him the football. I totally agree with that. And, I mean, you're a little harsh giving him a C. Um, Are you doing it just because Clayton Stewart's minus 12? (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Clayton Stewart screwed him. No, I just know they're better. They're, They're better. We've seen it, man. We've seen what Titus can do, and now he's got the baton, and he hasn't had the baton by himself yet in his Wyoming career, and he's already a junior. So uh, he's got the baton. I know he expects better of himself. He did suffer a rib injury in, in week one against Illinois, and make no mistake about it, you can't breathe, cough, sneeze, none of the above when you have a rib injury, let alone play the game of football in the in the running back position, which you take a beating. Let's move on to the tight ends. Uh, like mentioned before, four touchdowns in a, four games in a row with a touchdown from the tight end. Uh, Trayton Welch leading the way. With only 11 catches, 11 catches, 154 yards, four of those are touchdowns, uh, becoming a threat, uh, absolutely. Uh, Parker Christensen, 15 catches, 134 yards, one touchdown for the Sheridan guy. Um, like what they're doing, always love their blocking. Uh, Colin O'Brien has been incredible on the edge there. Um, like those guys a lot. Jackson Marcotte as well. Those guys are basically an extension of the offensive line. I'll probably go with a B plus on this one because adding in the the touchdowns, yep. one. I mean, you got five of them, and then the blocking just been key, just helping that old line out. And because Peebles only picked himself up seven times off of sacks, yep. Um, that's that's key. No doubt. I mean, and some of them, you know, a lot of them were against San Jose State, or more than one per game. Put it that way. Yeah. And and BYU. I mean, that's a big physical defensive line. And they played well against that team. And we're seeing Illinois is too. And if they had natural grass in Champaign, Andrew Peasley wouldn't have had a grass stain. Yep. Pretty big. Pretty big. So those guys are definitely an extension of the run game. I'm with you. I go with a B on that. I think they need to get the ball to Parker Christensen way more. That guy is so athletic. He's so quick. I think they're really underutilizing what he can do. I love Jackson Marcotte and Colin O'Brien as far as blocking tight ends. I think they're they're big bodies. They're tough. And this group under Shannon Moore, they take a ton of pride in blocking. And, uh, you know, Trayton Welch said last week in Albuquerque that he almost takes more pride in blocking, but he'll t- he'll take a couple of long touchdown balls, too. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, moving on to that offensive line, this was a group coming into the season where we said, hey, we know what we're going to get out of Frank Crum. We know what we're going to get out of Eric Aboje, although Aboje moved from the guard spot to the left tackle spot, which, of course, that means he's in charge of protecting Andrew Peasley's blind side. Uh, but in the middle, uh you know, what are you getting out of that? Uh, Fia Tulafono there at center, replacing Keegan Kreider uh, at the guard spots. You know, Emmanuel Pregnon never played a game. Got him in there. Jack Walsh got him in a lot. Zach Watts, well-traveled. Uh, not a lot of depth, though. And Coach talked about it in spring and fall that we feel pretty comfortable with this number one group. We don't know what we have behind him. And a lot of you maybe didn't notice this week, Emmanuel Pregnon did not play at New Mexico. He was injured, and he has arguably been – their best offensive lineman. They run right a lot behind behind that big boy. And uh, so far, so good. Seven sacks. They're getting not quite the running yards they're used to, but 
they had a really tough schedule, and I'm going to keep going back to that. That's a young group that has taken some serious bullets, and you talked about BYU. That's the biggest bullet of them all. That's a big, old, fast, physical team. I think Jack Walsh might be the guy to talk about for yeah. filling in these holes. Yep. And he plays with an attitude yep. as a young kid like that. Dad played at Wyoming. Yeah, and yep. I, I really like watching him play. He He's jumped, you know, false started a couple times type of a deal. But for the most part, too, this team has been relatively flag-free. Yeah. I mean, you saw a lot of false starts last year. You saw a lot of unnecessary roughness penalties after the play was over last yeah. year. Yep. They've really kept their cool while still being physical, though. Yeah. Doing it within the whistles, and they're not holding a lot. Knock on wood. And they, they're they're doing the right things out there. Yeah, no doubt. And something I thought was the turning point in that game in New Mexico, Cowboys had three points all year long on that opening drive of the second half. They took it right down the field, scored a touchdown. Not only was that huge to tie the game at 14-14, but they did it with that nastiness you're talking about. Erica Bojay's face-to-face with guys. Crumbs diving into the pile. Jack Walsh down there getting getting dirty, too. And they did it with an edge, and they were pissed off. And I asked Andrew Peasley about it after the game, and he said, we have a bunch of guys who are tired of not scoring touchdowns. And they were pissed off. What you saw is exactly what we saw in the locker room. You know who Aboje reminded me of during that, that, that drive and the second half against New Mexico? Are you going to say Steve Cyphers? No, the Aboje that played against Missouri. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, he was pancaking dudes against yep. Missouri. And then... COVID year, take it out. But then last year, you just didn't really see it much. He wasn't as physical, and it was almost like, gosh, does he even like football anymore? Memory lost a ton of weight before yeah. the season. And, and then this year, I mean, this, especially this New Mexico game, I thought I saw him a couple times. I was like, that's the guy we've been waiting for since Missouri. No doubt. And making the position move, something I was impressed with and talked to Eric about, he faced Cade Hall against San Jose State. Cade Hall finished that game with a, a tackle, I believe, and he had an interception, which was absolutely nothing to do with Eric Aboje. Um, he is the co-defensive Mountain West Player of the Year. Cade Hall's probably a third-round draft pick. Remember how Cade Hall shut down the Cowboys, any hopes of the Cowboys coming back in San Jose, State, in San Jose last year? He had two sacks on that final drive. Levi Williams didn't stand a chance. He didn't do much. He didn't do much against Big E over there. So uh, good stuff from this offensive line. It drives me nuts, though, when I see fans go, I thought this was a veteran offensive line. Uh, You need to start reading 7220 Sports, sir. Uh, One senior. (laughs) Yeah. Two juniors. Frank Grum's not even a senior yet. Sophomore. Redshirt freshman. And then a backup redshirt freshman. Yeah. Dudes who have never played. Never played. And we can't forget, because the Cowboys are one of the only teams on planet Earth who still has a fullback and still values a fullback, Caleb Driscoll's nasty, man. Not only does he play with the awesome neck roll, and he's a Gillette tough, as you know, how those Gillette cats go. He he caused a fumble. Uh, he's caused a couple fumbles, and he takes ultimate pride in special teams. He was targeted the other day, too, on a pass play, yeah, which yeah. probably wasn't supposed to go <laughs> yeah, that way, yeah. but Peasley had to get rid of the ball. Yeah, But it was funny because even the announcers talked about him having the old neck roll and yep. stuff like that. Yeah, and I've asked Driscoll, do you ever say, hey, give me the ball at the goal line? He's like, no, I just want to wreck house, man. And that's a guy who played all-state linebacker at, at Gillette and racked up 1,000 tackles or some craziness in his senior year. I mean, he is... <laughs> He's really good. He is a football player. Uh, let's move over to the defensive side. The defensive line, uh, let's talk about the ends and the tackles in this one. Uh, to me, 
Jordan Bernoulli and Cole Goodbow are the best defensive tackles in the Mountain West, and it's not close. They might be the best. Mount, they might be the best defensive tackles on the west of the Mississippi, to be honest. And uh, Cole is out, but as we saw, Gavin Meyer stepped in seamlessly. What an outing for him! He is really good. Uh, I think there was a collective groan in the Cowboys state when we heard that Sebastian Harsh was going to be out for the year at the defensive end spot. Coach Bowl never talks about guys the way he talked about Sebastian all throughout the offseason. Then you lose Keelan Cox, the Alabama transfer to a hip injury. Uh, You're thinking, oh my God, these defensive ends are going to be so young, they're so undersized, and look what they're doing. I, yeah, they're they're definitely the surprise of this uh, 2022 squad. You got Braden Siders, Swy- uh, yep. Moda Show. Devon Harris. I mean, they've just all played so solid. And like you said, um, having Gavin Meyer at, you know, backing up uh, and getting the start for a good bow. Um, I mean, overall, and you look at the, you think the offensive line's young? <laughs> yeah. The defensive line's even younger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sider's a redshirt freshman. Amoto Show, a redshirt freshman. Goodbow, a junior. Meyer's only a sophomore. Bertinoli's only a sophomore. And Caleb Robinson, who's got some playing time too, is only a sophomore. Yep. And Harris is only a sophomore. I think this is the only A I'm handing out. And Sebastian Harsh, I mean. When he comes back. Yeah, I mean. Keelan Cox still could come back this year as well. Yeah, I mean, giving him an A, huh? A. Those guys, in the, those yeah. tackles alone are getting an A from me. I mean, think back to BYU once again. That is a gigantic, old, huge physical offensive line. They didn't do squat. And for what they did against Air Force, I'm giving yep. them an A as well. Absolutely. Uh, let's move to the linebackers. This one, Easton Gibbs, we knew what we were going to get out of him. Of course, he's leading the team with 59 tackles, a sack. Uh, he scored a touchdown on a fumble recovery earlier this year. The wild card for me is Shea Suinoa. He has played so good this year, 40 tackles. But think about how many tackles he has missed, where he is always in position, and he's just not bringing them down sometimes. And that, once again, go back to Provo on that one. He missed a couple of key tackles on third downs. Uh, other than that, though, he's in the right spot. You figure those tackles are going to come, and he is a good football player. He knows where the play's going. He's a Johnny on the spot, sometimes just not making that play. I'm going to give the linebackers here probably probably a B, probably a B because, like you said, Air Force, Easton Gibbs played with, you know, after losing, what, 12 pounds in a night? Yep. He was sicker than a dog. Something you weren't supposed to report on. That's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, we'll leave that for another day. Uh, you know what? A B, a B, B minus, right in that range. Absolutely. I mean, those missed tackles have got to be cleaned up. Yeah. But even Demarzo's come in and had some good, solid playing time. Reed Suns played well at times. Yeah. Uh, and once again, Gibbs a sophomore. Suns a redshirt freshman. So you know, as a sophomore, Demarzo's only a sophomore. And these guys are replacing Chad Muma, Logan Wilson, Cash Malawia. There's been some dudes at those spots. So we don't even give them the benefit of the doubt who they're replacing. They've got some huge shoes to fill, and look what they're doing. And the guy who transferred to Missouri. Yeah, Charles Hicks. Yeah, he would have been a starter yep. in there. So Absolutely. Yeah, B, B, B- minus for them. Yep. It's it's a solid B if Sui Noah cleans up those tackles. And really, yeah, it's got to be just finishing the plays because they're in position. Yeah, they or really are. We wouldn't are. be talking about them missing tackles. That's fact. That's fact. Now the tricky one, the cornerback position. Cowboys have given up a lot of passing yards. Tulsa torched them. BYU torched them. San Jose torched them. Uh, of course, with Air Force in New Mexico, you know Ryan Ryan Thorburn, my colleague from the Casper Star, brought up the fact after the New Mexico game that 
these were the Cowboys' first two interceptions of the year. And I said, well, what about Northern Colorado? And he goes, those don't count. <laughs> <laughs> these were their first two FBS interceptions of the year, and it's game seven. Yeah. They are, just because you went to Ole Miss, just because you went to Wisconsin, doesn't mean you're going to come in and be the best player on this team. However, once again, those dudes have been in the spot for the most part. They've been in the right positions. They're just not making the plays. I was just going to say that, and the coaches watch a hell of a lot more film than we do, Yeah, and they know what they're talking about, and they're not making excuses because we know this coaching staff won't do that. Yeah, They're going to say it as it is, and they say that they're in position. They're just not making the plays. Yeah. And um, so hopefully that's cleaned up in this off week as well, and they get their feet back underneath them because they're going to need it going against you know the Utah States of the world's coming up, and then Hawaii, they pass the ball over the place. Who knows what Colorado State's going to come out with a game plan. And Fresno loves to pit, pass the ball, too. So down the stretch, the defensive backs are going to have to play much better, um, improve off of that D-plus that I'm going to give them. And if they can get to a C-plus, that might be a, a win that we're not thinking of. D-plus. I'm going with D-plus as well. Um, I think Darren Harrell's way better. I think Ja'Cory Hawkins is better. I think Cam Stone's better. I give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, though. They're filling in right now for C.J. Colden and Azizi Hearn, who were at two Power 5 programs playing pretty well, and they played for three years at Wyoming. And a quick switch to the uh, kickers. We'll take the coverage out of it because some of those are broken coverages. You're gonna, They're doing what the coaches tell them to do as far as kicking it where and stuff like that. I thought, I think the punt, other than the, what was the first game of the year? Yeah, Illinois was rough. Yeah, two punts, but then he, he rebounded, had a really good good game to finish that off and of course Hoyland's an A plus yeah I mean he's missed one all year yep. and it was the one and I've seen it three times this year bouncing off the top of an upright yeah that just doesn't happen no doubt and it's happened three even Pat McAfee has talked about how rare that is no doubt um also Ryan Marquez he's been really good on special teams Caleb Driscoll's been really good Marquez obviously had the block and the touchdown against uh, Tulsa on the punt block he also downed the ball at the one yard line last week against New Mexico giving them 99 yards to go and the true freshman snapper York yeah York he's, he's a done a youngster. great job yeah and he almost didn't finish out the game in Albuquerque he had a hamstring and Reed Sun you know who's playing linebacker coach Bull said he had to rip off his tape and get ready to go back in there they were happy to see York back in there and as well as Clayton Stewart doing the holds for for John Hoyland as well Clayton Stewart is the there's a story on 7220 right now he is the number one punter in the Mountain West Conference number 11 overall in the country we have one minute left we missed the safeties <clears throat> Jay Savell makes no bones about it he did not love the safety play last year. I said, what game should I look at so I can see exactly what you're talking about? He goes, all of them. He said they couldn't have covered anybody at Hawaii. And I said, anybody like on Hawaii, anybody in the stadium. I mean, that's how that's how rough. And, and Jay's making no bones about it. Wyatt Eckler has stepped in, done a really nice job, 32 tackles. Isaac White might be the best safety on this team, 29 tackles. I give them, uh, I give them a solid B. They're young as well. I would agree with that, and you almost throw in the nickelbacks in there too, Glenn yep. and Brown. Yep. Um, it's, it's kind of a makeshift safety slash linebacker position, but um, I yeah, definitely let go with that grade. All right, guys. Uh, next week, Utah State. We will join you 5 p.m. Mountain Time. 5 p.m. Uh, 7:45 kickoff, of course, in Laramie against the Aggies. Levi Williams and the Aggies. Uh, this has been the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by Dickie's Barbecue Pit in Laramie and Cheyenne. This show is also sponsored by Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, Wyo Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, and Warren's Repair and Towing. 
Thank you for joining us. For Jared Newland, I'm Cody Tucker. Stay tuned for Wyoming football next week at 5 p.m. KOWB.